Carden. Blair. All right, we're rolling, buddy. Episode 34. Bam. 34. Yep. We're just smoking the 30s. I mean, we're just yeah. boom, right through it. That's how I feel. I mean, I'm only 32, <laughs> but I feel like I'm just smoking right through it. Seems like you every know, time I blink an eye, another week's gone, and then a month. You know, that... It. That's a great, that's a, I mean, that would be a great podcast in itself, but I, I got to tell you, right. I'm in my fifties and I remember oh, you're when I was age. going through, I'm at, yeah, I'm middle-aged. <laughs> well, you know, if you're going to live to be a hundred. Well, right, right. Which we will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, of course. But, but I distinctly remember the older people always telling you, you know, your thirties, yep. you know, yep. and they'll give this sage advice about your thirties uh-huh. and uh-huh. how, you know, it's just gonna, it's just gonna fly by. And, and so now looking back, I can say my twenties definitely were a blur, you know, but, yeah. but think about all the stuff that you do in a typical, you know, I, I'm just going to say I was, I think I was fairly typical in my twenties, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you start an education, finish it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you start this whole career thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, and then in my case, uh, got married and I had three kids, actually two kids. I had, I had the last Lame one when I was 30. It's crazy. And all in, you know, in a 10 year span, you go from being a, a guy that likes to do beer pong and <laughs> yeah, beer yeah, bongs, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. to yeah. father of three professional, you yeah. know. And I was late to the party a little bit. I started later, which is, I think is actually typical now. Um, because I was in what would be considered the arrested development, refusal to grow up there for a little <laughs> bit. Um, but eventually, when I came out of it, boy, I'll tell you what, engaged in, let's see if I can do this right, engaged in 15, married in 16, Mark in 17, uh, Kessler in uh, 18, uh, new job in 19. And then, uh, yeah, just changed careers again. So this last six years has definitely been in a warp speed. You look back at some of the pictures and I mean, we spent some time in Arizona, like living in Arizona. Like there's just sometimes you're like, man, I, I told Jenna the other day that there, there is some, some points when Kessler was like in the, the crib, uh, when, after he was born that I, I don't even remember. I, I barely remember getting up with him in the crib when he was born. I know I was doing it. We, you know, we were helping each other out. I just don't even remember. I think I was just on autopilot. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I mean, those times that you were just so busy, you know, I mean, it's, it's easy to understand why you don't remember them. Um, and in my case, I, it seemed like I was always busy, whether it was kids or jobs or starting a business or what, you know, just, just, yeah, always something going on. You can say that now. I mean, you're perpetually busy, but yeah, that's that's your nature. That's your nature. Yep. It it is. It is. But, but, you know, I can, I can honestly say, I don't know that I really have a favorite, you know, like your twenties, your thirties, your forties. Um, the the my my thirties were really an extension of my twenties. It was it was fast and furious, and there's just a lot of stuff going on, you know, and yeah, and career wise, you know, and and then the kids are still growing. And like I right. said, we had our youngest when I was like thirty or thirty one, I think. Um, the forties is when things started to get it seemed like controllable, you know, <laughs> like yeah, like you actually kind of had a discernible schedule, and you know, and and I I don't know. Again, I'm just. I don't know how to compare to other people, but myself, it seemed like my forties was kind of like a catch your, catch your breath. Oh you my know? gosh. I'm you, ready you to feel. catch my breath. I, not that I'm <laughs> drowning by any means, but sometimes you just go, you sit on the couch and go, 
this doesn't happen often enough. You're, you're basically yeah. like, they, uh, and, and perfect example is my son. This is a perfect example. Mark comes running out of, it's six o'clock in the morning. So we wake up and, and work out. Mark is knocking on the door at six and we, we open the door and he's in his underwear and he's running through and he, he must just be thinking of stuff all night long. Cause he's got so much stuff to tell us right when he wakes up at six o'clock in the morning. Like just in yesterday, remember we had the balloon and they got left in the car and I just want to make sure the balloon's still there. Do, Mom, do you know where the balloon is? <laughs> Mark. Like, and it's just go, man. It is go, 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 go constantly, constantly, constantly. Like, and then at the end of the night, it's still happening. You're like getting them in the shower and toweling them off and get those teeth brushed. You, you need to go potty yeah. before bed and get them in there. Yeah. And then you tell them the story and you close the door and it's like, oh my gosh. And then they power down and then it's six o'clock right back at it. I've been thinking about yeah. all this stuff I got to tell you guys. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Well, and you know, and that's awesome because they're, you know, believe, here I am being that, that older guy. <laughs> is, Those yeah. days will change where he won't be <laughs> yeah. so excited to see you in the morning. And it's like, uh, yeah. Nope. And, and you know, I'm going to play the reverse card. I'm going to have every Every morning when he wakes up from back, man, I got a lot of stuff to tell you. I've been thinking about this all night long, Mark. I got a ton of stuff for you. Oh, well, you know, here, here's my thing is um, fast forward to where I am today. Our youngest uh, is 21 and, you know, he he moved out of the, he graduated high school uh, actually when he was 19. So we, we've been empty nesters for two years and I love it. I, I really do because I was, we had our kids pretty young and, and yeah, especially yeah. compared to like what you're saying. And it was a, it was a big point early on in our marriage that we kind of did that by design. We thought, you know, we could wait cause, cause we were only married, um, a little over a year before we decided to have our, or before we had our first one, yeah. um, our first, our son. And so we kind of decided at that point, you know what, let's just, cause we didn't want to space the kids out too far. And we just decided, you know what, let's just, let's have our kids now and young. Right. So the, the, the trade-off is we didn't get a lot of alone time. You know, I, I've met people right. that yeah. were childless, um, couples for years, you know, and they traveled and they did all this cool stuff together. We didn't get any of that because we were starving college kids when we got right, married, right, right? You know, right. so so traveling out of state was not an option. So so we kind of we, we kind of traded it um, or delayed it, you know, delayed gratification. And I loved having kids, loved raising kids, but I got to tell you, um, I'm super excited about the next chapter. You know, life after kids. Um, you know, that's and, so good to hear you say too, because I think that there's a conception out of there of, oh, you poor empty nesters, you know, the oh no, the kids are no. gone, and, you know, <laughs> and I think that I, and I love my kids and I love the stage they're in now. There's so much energy, love running around with them. But that being said, you know, a part of me looks forward to a time exactly like you said, when like, it's like, there's some stillness, some quiet, my time has yeah. become my own again. And uh, not that I'm like sitting pining away for, you know, retirement right, or when the right, kids leave the house by right. any means. But, you know, there's an appeal to that for me. I don't think that I'll be one of the people that are like, well, now what do we do? The kids are gone. And right. Like, right. Okay. Let's get back to what, let's get back to life. Like our life. Yeah. Jenna, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I, uh, and looking back um, when we had kids and when, you know, I, I was a big believer in, you know, living a life that, um, you know, provided a consistent, secure, you know, kind of life for the kids. In other words, I, when the kids were really little, I was doing a lot of traveling and we realized that wasn't something I wanted to keep doing. So, so I, I kind of, um, put a lot of those kind of, um, ambitions 
to in the back seat kind of yeah mm-hmm. and 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 went with more of a stable home yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. home in the evenings home on the weekends kind of life and yeah. and it was definitely the right thing to do but but now the concept of traveling more and and doing things for both fun and work and stuff um it, it you know there's it's guilt free you know you're like yeah. you're not leaving anybody the dogs that's about it yeah and and the, which brings up a, an excellent point when are we going snorkeling uh, <laughs> buddy i anytime anytime uh, I, I guess i gotta get certified because you're officially you're well certified. that's you're not talking snorkeling you're talking scuba diving yeah, yeah that's snorkeling. what i'm talking about scuba yep. yeah yeah well i i actually have plans to go this fall um hopefully down to belize so we'll see we'll see if that works i'm now was I'm it belize really where you had the the drop-off event no that was in uh cosimal Oh man. So yeah, another, another story, but, but I'm hoping, but now COVID is, is rearing its ugly head again. Yeah, so right. there's, right. there's a potential for travel restriction. You know, I, I hate to even say that, yeah. um, but just looking at what, you know, the, the media is starting to say again, it's, yep. um, yep. I read today so, that, uh, national mask up policy is, is being at least discussed in the yes. White House. Yeah. So even for vaccinated, even for those that have been, yeah, vaccinated. well, it's the variant, uh, yeah. you know, and so, yeah, so here we go again, but, um, well, Hey, uh, good, 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 good talks. Um, so we, we talked beforehand we kind of decided that we're going to do a two part series on housing. Um, cause we, we've talked about this a lot and actually, as you've shared before, that's, that was really the impetus between us even joining forces on yep. the podcast mm-hmm. is yep. a, a big remodel project. So, um, that you did, you and Jenna did on your house. So, um, I, I think we've talked about this a little bit, but if not, so I've, I've been a general contractor, um, for you know a lot of years i've done construction on the side or full-time um for oh gosh i don't know 20 20 years um it was always kind of something that i did um when i had time because i usually had a a a regular full-time job and so but i i just kind of fell in love with construction um taught myself a lot learned i i worked for a contractor uh one summer and you know you just kind of construction is one of those things there's so many different components um, you just kind of learn as you go. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I've, I've built several homes. I've, I did some spec homes for myself. I built homes for other people. Um, just actually in the kind of the middle of a project right now for some people. So, um, and the, the big thing is that the, the whole housing thing has just gone, um, crazy. You know, Berserk. yeah, absolutely not. It, it has, and, and and really all aspects of it. I mean, it's not. You know, this summer, um, the prevailing topic is the cost of building materials. You know, yeah. Um, but but it's more than that. I mean, it's it's been crazy. The the cost, the demand. You you know, the interest rates have gotten so low yep. that it's made. Um, you know, it, it's made it more accessible for people to to spend a lot more money with these homes. Yep. Um, and then there's people like yourself that are buying existing homes and putting a lot of money and time into, you know, instead of building their own, they're starting with something that's already built and, yeah, and, and we, investing we felt, in it. We, you know, we, ha- I, we felt we had to do that because we were at um, probably two years ago. So we did the remodel last year, almost exactly last year, about this time last year. Uh, and, and the year previous to that, we were, had this decision point, you know, we were out of town and, so we're about 10 miles from town. You know, the commute is 10 to 15 minutes just to get into town uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about, 
okay, is this, is this where we want to be at? Is this where we want to live? And is, cause you know, you're, you're, you hit those kind of times where you're like, okay, either a change, you know, a change happens now, or we're going to settle and try to make this place our own. And we actually had totally decided and we're on the market looking for houses. And that was kind of exactly the time that the market really started to, to do the, the preliminary ramp up, you know, it was already kind of right. going up. We, we weren't necessarily touched um, right away, but it was that time that we really started seeing it. And we were looking around at comparable houses. There was nothing comparable at all. Within a year of us being in this house, we were, um, couldn't find anything of equal value that was anywhere near the price range. Right. And right. I think some of that was kind of in town, but we, you know, we also had some acreage. So right away we were basically taken out of the housing market purely because of how, um, inflated already the, the house prices had gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, with you guys being in that situation where you, you kind of, I, I Although I think home buyers now are educated, you know, on the process and the reality of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, a, a few years ago, like when you and Jenna started, you kind of have this idea in your head of, you know, what does two hundred fifty thousand dollars buy you? Well, that should buy you right. a pretty nice house, right? And you're thinking, right. okay, you know, this is our price point. This is what we can afford. And you know, as this whole thing has progressed, it just buys less and less and less. Yep. You know exactly. And um, we were even and, we, we we even looked at like Illinois. You know, we have a bunch of family back there. We were right. looking at uh, Montana's a little you know different. Their housing market is just higher in general, right? Um, so we were looking at comparable houses down there that were uh, I kid you not um, half of what we were, we were looking at buying um, a new house for if um, comparable on the market. So then you start thinking like, wow, what would that, you know, look how much extra that would get us just by moving. And of course it would be in Illinois, which would um, be t- difficult, but it, it, it was like right. half, half, literally half the price of, of what the exact same home was going for in Montana. It was unbelievable. Right. So now has that corrected? Is Illinois now no. a lot more expensive? No, I think it's, even though I think um, it's risen on, on, you know, equitably across. So I, I think that still now the case is, and, and I haven't looked at it in probably in the last three months, but I think still now the case is that you can buy the ex- ex- exact same home in Illinois um, for about half of what you'd spend for in Montana. In fact, my brother, uh, moved there recently and he was able to, for what he got for his house was able to buy uh, pretty much equitably, um, the same house down there and still have tons of money left over. Wow. Well, you know, that is, I guess to me, that's surprising just because it seems like the housing market nationally has, has risen, which it has. I mean, statistically it definitely has, but, um, Montana, I guess would, would be kind of one of those outliers, uh, at least in, you know, the, the Bozeman, Missoula, Kalispell, Helena yeah, now. from our area. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> they seem to be, they seem to be, actually Bozeman was over double um, the national increase in housing costs. Right, I mean, Boz- right. but Bozeman is, is truly an outlier, you know, the, it, the it town. So. It, it has been, I did see an article, it's been decreasing. So it, uh, it declined, um, for the first By, time yeah. in, in a long it, time. It, but at one point the median house price there was like $450,000. Well, I, I believe it. I mean, I, I believe it a hundred percent. So I, I was, you know, in, in prepping for this conversation, I was looking at just some recent statistics and, 
you know, we have all heard that the the housing market has gone up a lot and it it actually has in the last year it's gone up a record 13.2%, hmm. right? Um so so that's the difference of uh they were talking about in May a new home in the United States averaged 374,000, okay? Okay. Last May it was 283,000. So I mean that's a <laughs> that's a that's a big difference, you know. For the same house. Um well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not they're not saying a particular house. They're just right, right. But still, you would average. assume if it was the average, right? Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. And and you know, there's um. So as a contractor, and and I've talked to a lot of people, and I have a lot of friends that even if I'm not building their house, you know, I'll help them design them or just talk them. And there's uh, there's there's so much to go over. So I guess right now we'll talk about new construction a little bit, and then we can talk about like your project with Jenna and stuff. Is with new construction. Um, you know, there, there are several reasons the, the costs have gone up so, um, substantially, you know, off the, uh, you know, off the top materials have gone up. Um, right. although lumber has come down 35% in the last two weeks, uh, metal roofing and siding, um, masonite siding, a lot of that has gone up. So I was told, even though lumber has come down 35%, the the overall net cost has only gone down about five percent because other other things yes other things have risen Um, do you think that's in direct response to to covid or i mean are there multiple other factors i know that um, covid played a factor with supply and, and everything like that but with this trend did it kind of start happening at the exact same time well, yeah, it, it, some of it did, but actually one of the, so, you know, there was all the jokes going around about plywood and, and yeah. OSB board, like, uh, you know, <laughs> there was guys on Craigslist that have, hey, I have three sheets of OSB looking to trade for a 2021, you know, ram yes, yes. loaded. Yes. And, you know, and the, and the jokes were like, that stuff <laughs> yeah, was like yeah. gold. And and what happened there was it it had a lot to do with the big freeze down in Texas. It wasn't COVID. It was that massive freeze. And a lot of the companies that make the resin for the plywood and OSB were affected. And so you have this black swan event (laughs) that cost, you know, billions and billions of dollars. And one of the, when the collateral, um, you know, areas that got hurt was the plywood, the the sheeting industry, right? So that was not a COVID direct. Now the COVID thing and this, and a lot of my information comes directly from uh, lumber yard owners. I've talked to a couple that I, I, I talk to frequently and I was always curious about why things were, you know, going on the way they were. There, there was some shutdowns at, at facilities due to COVID and that does have effect. So when you stop producing something, you, you know, you're not building inventory. So then when right, things yeah. resume, you're short inventory and that's, right. and that's exactly yeah. what happened. Kind of a slinky effect. Almost. Uh, yes. However, it was, you know, one guy in particular, his opinion was they use that as an excuse to raise their prices. So one thing that happened is obviously this lumber that was, you know, quote unquote in short supply, the demand increases the price, right? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was there really a shortage? Was there not? You know, was was the did the prices stay up after the shortage was resolved? You Just know, because, a lot. You know, right. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, so you're you're a lumber, you know, you're a lumber broker or a lumber owner, and if you're getting, you know, thirty percent more for your product, it's kind of hard to go. Yeah. Okay. We'll, you know, we'll go back to where we were. Yeah. Time to cut it back off. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of a conspiracy thing. I don't know. I, I just know that um, COVID did play a, a big part of that initially. However, the, the yeah. questions arose, you know, after COVID was, you know, starting to go down and the prices were still up. Could it really be pinned on COVID? So, I, you know, I don't know. You, you never that, know. Yeah. You, it will never know. What's well, the same yeah. thing with gasoline right now? The exact same things right. happening, the exact same debates going on, whether right. this is, oh, is it a production thing or yeah. really short supply or what's actually really going on? Yeah. So, so my advice really is, is number one, it is an expensive time to build here. There's other factors. So we, we just identified one was the materials. Yeah. The other one is labor rates are gone up. So, oh, yeah. um, so an interesting thing with, with COVID also, that whole essential worker thing, mm-hmm. you know, where we, we kind of expose these jobs in the United States that are essential, right. To keeping right. our world functioning, right. To our economy going. And <clears throat> believe it or not, the, the, the kind of the spinoff of that is there's been a lot more appreciation for some of these, uh, job, these, uh, career careers, I guess. Uh, yeah. And the net result is like truck drivers, which we've mentioned before, um, yeah. they, they realize they play a very vital role in this. So the, the cost has gone up, you know, their labor wages have gone up. Right. Um, the same has happened in construction. Well, look at um, contractors, right. That are in, in a, like over the course of the last year, I know there's tons of studies that came out that now that people were kind of forced into the home, they were working remote. They've kind of, uh, so many careers have changed to where they realized, Hey, you can just work at home all the time. All of a right. sudden people are now, okay, we want to make these changes that we've been putting off for a long time to our house. We want to do these remodels. We want to do right. all these things. So no, yep. not only is it appreciation, it's, it's pure demand. I don't right. know if you can get a contractor in Helena to take a job that isn't scheduled out for three years. I mean, yeah. you you would be on somebody's <laughs> like three year schedule. Yeah, we can get to that in 2024. Yeah. If you're willing to rate, wait. Well, you know it, what I mean? Right. And, and that, that, that's kind of a, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that as well, but you're right. That is a, that is a huge, huge problem. And, and so, you know, when you, when you want to do a construction project, whether it be a remodel or a, or a new construction, the, the first thing you have to do is find somebody to do the work, right? right. Yeah. Um, 99.9% of the homeowners that are out there do, or do not have the knowledge, the time, um, you know, or, or I guess, well, the knowledge and the skill set or the time to do it themselves. So right. that that's where contractors and carpenters and builders and, you know, sheet rockers and roofers, the whole gamut come in. Um, people want to just hire it done and, and get it done. So, but the problem is there's a lot of demand, right? Yeah. Um, and, and this is one of those things that I personally, this is my own little soapbox is I feel, and I've thought this way for years, cause I've, I've been very outspoken about this. I have always felt um, that high schools push colleges or college too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it anybody that's worked in the trades realizes there is not an abundance of tradesmen. Okay, and we're talking plumbers, electricians, yeah. carpenters, framers, yeah. uh, yeah. sheetrock. There's the whole gamut, right? Yeah. Um, in, in, even going into welding and mechanicing and all that stuff. Um, kids, a lot of times, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, 
are given the impression that college is kind of the cure-all. You go yep. to college, you're going to get a degree, and you're going to do really awesome. Right. Well, we know that's not necessarily the case. Um, and what we also know is there's a lot of other career choices that don't involve quote-unquote college, but can be extremely rewarding, both yep. both in the, the sense of um, satisfaction and monetarily, right? Yeah, you you sure. can make a good living. So... So anyway, what, what you have is this huge demand for construction, and there is not a huge surplus of quality um, tradesmen, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so th- there you go. You, you, and this is a this is a problem for people. When I when I talk to people and I I consult with people about building homes, you know, um, it's hard because that is a that is a huge component. Finding somebody to do this job for you is a massive responsibility and you want to find somebody that is honest um yep. that yep. does a does a good job you know has yep. has quality in mind um and will actually finish it you know not show up and then and then leave and then show up you know and drag right. it on for seven yeah, eight right. months you know? right yeah exactly um, and even though that seems like a pretty simple order it's not it's not yeah, at all um no. and and if you can talk to you know the horror stories out there about contractors, and and myself being a contractor, I I'm always sensitive to that because I always I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that takes a job and you know doesn't show up in and drags it on longer. I don't want to be the guy that quotes this price and it ends up being thirty percent over or whatever. Right. So, yeah, yeah. so I really try to make sure that I don't put myself in those positions that a lot of guys do. But and it's not hard not to be there, but um, frankly, a lot of people don't care. Yeah, you know, they, they, they just don't care. They they really don't care. Like, and you know what? Yeah. They they have so many jobs lined up that they're just like, whatever, yep. take it or leave it. I'm gonna yeah, I'm they, gonna purposely quote this over thirty percent over because I don't really have time to do the job anyways. But that's if right. You're, if you're willing to pay this, then I'll somehow fit it into my schedule. But I'll probably so, be flaky about it. Well, exactly, exactly. And and so one thing that has happened, and I've I've acknowledged this um, several times, and and like I said, I, I've seen it personally for years. But there's been this this power, this paradigm shift with power from the homeowner and the person, the people paying for the project, to the contractors. The contractors now have a lot of pull. Right. Yeah, I've actually yeah. I, I have literally talked to people that said, well, we told the contractor this is what we want. And he said, no, he doesn't like to do it that way. And I'm like, well, did you fire him? Oh no, no, we didn't fire him because. Oh well, yeah. Cause you, you yeah. never find somebody else. Yeah. Be another we, four years we, before you can get a contractor in your house. Well, but I mean, Cardin, think about this. You know, we've already established this is an expensive proposition no yeah, matter what, sure. right? Yeah. No matter what. And then yeah. if you're having to make you know, concessions because your contractor wants to do your house a certain way or, you know, I can see, if there was a design element that was done poorly, maybe by the architect or the home designer and the carpenter says, or the builder right. says, you know, that's really not a good idea and here's why. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yes, that makes sense. But but when you're talking about the contractor's just not comfortable doing it that way or doesn't like that way or is just saying, you know what? Nah, I don't like doing it that way. Um, yeah, that's kind of that's bullshit, frankly. Um, and. and but but again, people are, you know, and I'm going to use the word desperate. I, I've talked to people that are desperate to get somebody to take their project, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so w- when you see this situation, it, it is, I think, personally, it's a terrible situation for homeowners to be in because it, it, it 
puts them, um, I think, in a very precarious position of, you know, they 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 are spending a lot of money to try to get a project done. They have kind of their dream house, so they want this done. And then you, there's so many things to you know to get into order. There's thousands of things that have to come together to get your house done and, and yep. to get you moved in and stuff. Yep. The last thing you need to do is be fighting with your contractor over this, you know, and and yes. it, it's very stressful. And you know, when I take on a job, I'm basically taking a lot of the responsibility for that end of it from the homeowner, so they don't have to worry about it, right? You're saying, listen, this is my job. The homeowner needs to make the critical decisions. That's not for me to make, right? Um, but the, the the contractor then absorbs a lot of that and and does a ton of groundwork, you know. And you you manage all the subs and you make sure that you're the the conduit between the owners and and all the subs and that kind of stuff. Um, and it 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 it's it's hard. But but a lot of times now, what you're seeing is they're not doing that. Right, they don't want to be the conduit, and they're they're putting more responsibility on the home owners, if you can imagine that. Interesting. Okay, so they're they're putting more responsibility on them to manage subs, and or or to basically to come to them and say, oh, I don't do this. You'll have to find yeah, somebody ma- else. Yeah, exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. No, oh, see, that we're absolutely blows my mind because <laughs> the thing here, here here's the, the the horrible thing about that in, in our current climate. I can't harp on this enough you're not going to find a sub <laughs> to be able to come in. You're going to be left with a guy that only does the, the, the parts that he wants to and and what he w- would quote unquote sub out uh, that he leaves that to the homeowner is going to be left undone because the people are so busy that do any kind of sub work at all. And it's not like, yeah. it's not like, okay, me, perfect example. I have no connects in this town to call somebody and be like, hey, I need some tile work done. Right. You know, right. what am I going to do? Walk around Lowe's and wait till somebody's buying tile and be like, you got a guy who's putting that in for you? Or like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't have any, I've, I've got no connects and people, and here's the other thing. People don't call you back. You yeah. can, you can get numbers, you can get whatever you want. Nobody's calling you back because they're so busy. And in some of that, I don't hold against them. Right. Cause they're getting so many calls. But the other thing is you're, you're not going to find anybody. How do you, how do you even go about finding anybody? You don't, you can't. Well, I, I know. And we're, we're, you know, yeah. And, and we'll talk more about that when we talk about like remodeling and stuff, but on the, on the new construction, it, it is pretty common that when you have a general contractor, right. And, and he's the, you know, another name, some people, some people call him a briefcase, briefcase contractor. Um, that's their job technically is to, is to handle all of that. So you don't have to, as the homeowner, you're not calling drywall guys and you're not doing all that because you don't right. have those contacts. Mm-hmm. But, but one disturbing trend that I've seen now is these guys are doing it all and they're just kind of wrapping it up in this package, right? So the homeowner has no idea what each of these components cost. Okay. So, okay. It, and, and I don't know if you know this or not, but there's, excuse me, there's a couple different ways of, you know, doing a, doing a contractual agreement with a contractor. One is, um, you can do time and materials, right? Okay. Um, but okay. that can get really expensive if, if your guy's slow. Um, you can, you can kind of do the one where you basically come upon agreed upon price. You show him the plans. He looks at the plans. He gets bids. He says, I can build this house for, you know, X amount of dollars. Okay. If he's over on this particular agreement, it comes out of his pocket. As long as no changes were made on your part to cause the overage. If he's under, 
he gets he still gets he still the, charges the same amount. Yes, the, the agreed upon price. Okay. And then the the third type would be if you um agree on a price and he agrees on a price and um there is an overage, you pay the overage no matter what. In other words, he's not contractually locking into a price. He's saying, this is our estimate, what we think it will cost. But if it's over, you cover it. He's basically okay. giving you a quote. This is what I think I can do in it, yes. but don't hold me to it. Yes, exactly. You know, And so with a firm bid, if he's over, he's paying for it. Well, guess what? Nobody does that anymore. So well, now course, everybody's, yeah. Yeah, everybody's kind of done this, you know, like a cost plus thing where, you know, you're going to pay the cost and any overages you also pay. So it kind of opens this door for you're going to pay no matter what. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. I completely understand what you're saying. The thing that, so this is basic, you know, economics is that, I th I feel like, and you've kind of hit on this, that new people that want new houses are so desperate to find people that can do the work that nobody says, nope, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's become to a point where people are just like, okay, you know, that, that sounds good. And I think that's why the power has shifted to the contractors because we're, there's, there's such a desperation for just doing the job <laughs> yeah. to taking a project for getting it completed that people are like, okay, it's just like the housing market, right? Why are people paying 20,000, $30,000 over asking price, 20%, 30% over housing? Because there's a desperation. There's for, a desperation there's a desperation and then that that drives up everything because now contractor goes well i would you know this is probably a hundred and fifty thousand dollar project let's see if they'll take it for 210 yeah and then the people are like okay we'll make it happen and then well there you go. yeah there there's definitely and, and i can't say i'm not speaking for all the contractors i mean obviously there's exceptions but i'm i'm just saying this is what i've personally observed so when i when i build a house for people I'm a numbers nut, you know, and we do multiple preliminary budgets. We do budgets throughout the project and we do post-construction budgets. And, and because I fully realize that, um, you know, you don't, you don't get a hundred thousand dollars over budget just, you know, from one thing, you know, right, usually, right. I mean, it'd be an extremely big nice thing. Nice tub. Yeah. That's, <laughs> wow. You really blew it on the door handles. So. Well, they had to be gold. So, <laughs> so, so usually the more budgets I've, I've found personally, the more budgets I have, the easier it is to catch maybe this direction change. Like you're like, going, Ooh, we're, we're, you know, and I'm a huge believer in budgets. And when you set a budget, stick to the budget as best you can. There's yeah. always, there's always going to be some deviations, but hopefully they're small enough. And hopefully there's, we spent a little more on something, but we saved us on something. So maybe the net result isn't great. You know, yeah, maybe it it's, up, yeah, it's zeros but, at the end. But that's yeah. where, that's where the, the, this worries me with the homeowners and the, the contractors. I don't see this, really open line of communication so that the homeowners are really in the know about where things are headed. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like in a lot of cases they just get a bill and it's higher and maybe there's a justification or maybe not. Maybe they say, well, you know what, it's just more than what we thought. But in the big picture, how do you, as a homeowner, how do you fight that? Oh yeah. You know, how, unless how you, you had a contract specified, yeah, you know, exactly. but, but you know, I mean, if, if the, you're, you're posted with a bill and you don't pay it, they put a lien on your house, you right. know, 
Yeah. It's just, it's a tough situation to be in. So, so here's, here's my advice, um, for new home builders, uh, is a, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say frugal, but when, when I design houses, um, I try to get people to understand, uh, I have kind of a, um, quality over quantity viewpoint. Okay. Um, size is not the end all be all. I would rather invest nicer features into a smaller home than get a bigger footprint home with less features and stuff, you know? So okay. I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. of the smaller and so don't build more than you really need, you know? Okay. And in your means. Okay. Right. But build, you're talking yeah. straight up, but you're, you're talking space. You're talking like, okay, absolutely. You're, yeah, you're going to be empty, empty nesters in two years. Do you really need or, or 10 years, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And 2300 is nothing. I mean, we're, we're, you know, some people are building eight, 9,000 square foot houses and I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, they, yeah. whatever. I, I shouldn't say ridiculous. It just seems a, a bit excessive, but, right. but the, the, the biggest thing is, um, come up with a house plan that fit that's that that is versatile, right? That'll fit your needs now when you're building the house, and also is kind of future proof as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and in in that way, you don't really. I mean, if you build a big six bedroom house, at some point, you know, when the kids are gone and it's just the two of you, you're probably going to want to sell the house and downsize. Yep. So my advice is don't build a house you have to downsize, you know, be a, maybe a little cramped in the child rearing years and then it, it'll be perfect for, you know, when you're, when you're empty nesters, that kind of thing. Right, um, right. but the, the biggest thing is find a home design that is, that is functional and a, a, a realtor one time, um, educated me on this and he gave me some advice and, because I asked him when I was building houses, I said, what are the, what are the elements of homes that people want, but they aren't getting when they go home shopping? Mm. And he, without even missing a beat, he said, proportion is huge. Okay. In other words, you go into a house and it's got a massive living room and tiny bedrooms yes, or yes, huge yes. bedrooms and tiny yeah. living area. Okay. Right, right, right. So he talked about the importance of proportion, which I've, I've never forgotten. Um, another thing he said was garages, you know, Oh, big garages, really? which I've always really? done. I, I I do at least a twenty-eight by twenty-eight, if not thirty by thirty garage every every time, even if it's not that big of a house. Interesting. Okay, I never ever would have said garage. Yeah, and and th that's because if you've never had a large, oversized garage, you don't realize how functional that space is. Just you for know, everything, storage, everything, stuff. storage, other rooms. I I did a house for a woman, and her daughter did beauty pageants, and her garage was big enough that after it was completed, we could we uh, partitioned off like a five by twelve space and made it a room just for her daughter's uh, pageant dresses. Oh you know? yeah, yep. But yep. you can't do that in a smaller, you know, no, and it yeah. and it didn't cramp the garage. There was still actually, I can space. think of the amount of stuff that we have in our house that would benefit from being in a garage space. You know, yeah, it's just yeah. basically that's in the house. It's pure storage. It could easily be in a garage space. It doesn't need to be in the 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 house itself. But we do. We have we well. I'm going to admit it. We we suffer from tiny garage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right here. TGS, tiny garage syndrome. 
Yeah, we got it. So, and, uh, so that is that is huge. And like I said, if you ever, you know, any house that I design or build, you go in the garage, you go, wow, you know, nice garage. And it seems like it's overkill. Yeah. yeah. But it's not because you'll always find a use for that space. Yeah, you I was going to say, you always use it. You always yes. use it. You always use it. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Yep. And then the last thing is um, to take... So, so it doesn't really matter of your, your budget on a home. Okay. Um, for example, if you were to get on there, there's a, a architecture group out of Bozeman named Lucati or Lucati, and they do multi-million dollar homes, you know, 10, 12, $20 million homes. If you look at their gallery of these houses, um, they're all massive, but you start to see the same thing over and over and over wood, rock, glass. Okay. Yeah. Over and over. Yeah. So it's safe to say that in Montana, if you want to spend a lot of money on a house, these are the pr- predominant elements you're going to see in these houses. Yeah. You know, okay. yeah, post yeah, and beam yeah. construction, lots of rock and lots of glass. And so, so one can take from that, that those are elements of high end construction, right? Right. So what I always try to do is regardless of the budget of the house I'm working on, I try to take elements of that high-end construction and intermingle Uh it in your moderate price construction. Okay. For example, um, wood trim, uh, wood doors, um, wood floor, uh, a a beam, an accent beam, even if it's a faux beam and it doesn't really hold anything up. There's a lot of ways to incorporate these elements into your home just for aesthetics. So yes. one thing I'm a huge believer in, and this and this is absolutely how I, I do my own projects and how I try to help people is I want to help people design a house that they love to be in. Okay. Yeah. And and because to me, your house is so much more than just shelter. It's it's like your refuge, it's your your safe haven, your you know, your place to regenerate and recharge. It it, it to me is a huge part of your life and for sure yeah you know so i i i just emphasize to people to create a space that they love to be in you know yeah and i know that we're going to talk to remodel but this purely hits on it right here we were in a space that we didn't love you know we were we just didn't enjoy the 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 living space that we had so it was for me i can speak personally and say when I was in that space, I could not help but just look around and be like, oh man, this is, this, you know, this is cramped. Right. There's, there's carpet in the dining room. We have kids <laughs> like these, these, like the tile and the, the, the kitchen stuff that you would look at and just kind of, uh, and you, in you, in your own home had, to, I just never felt comfortable. never felt like the space and the change that we have made has made it 100% different. It's, yeah. uh, you know, 100% different where you sit down and you just, ah, Okay. Yeah, and it's you know what I mean, and this is our space, and this is where the kids are, and everyone gets to have, um, you know, their own little space, but we're all still together, and it's just it, it has yeah. made a world of it. It literally has turned the house that we were looking at for other places to into our home now, and it, right. it's been incredible. Well, and that and that is awesome, and and yeah, we'll talk more about that process because that was interesting, and you you know if you remember our first conversations, is your you you changed your view a lot from when we started that you know what yeah. you had in your head, 
And what, what actually came into fruition, you changed quite a bit, you know? Yep. And, yeah. and a lot of it was, um, there was factors you weren't really aware of, you know, um, oh, for sure. when yeah. you pull a door out of a house or put a door into a house, you know, and, but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. So, so, so back to the, the creating space. So, um, I think, I think people a lot of times are under the, the misunderstanding that, you know, nice things always cost a lot of money. And, and really what I found is the, the biggest money, you know, pit of a house is the footprint. It's this, it's just sheer square footage. So if you can cut down the square footage that you really need to build, okay, that's going to save you money. And if you have a budget to build a bigger house and you decide to go smaller, then enhance the square footage that you, that you have. Yeah. Make right? it more functional. Yeah. And make it more of that, um, of that just love to be here. Start yeah, adding okay. those elements yeah. that, that you really like. Um, landscaping is another thing. I mean, landscaping, I'm a huge believer in that too, because, um, you know, you, you don't spend all your time indoors. So it, to have kind of this outdoor space that you love to be into, it's, it's equally as important, right? Oh yeah. Very um, important. But the, I guess the, <clears throat> where I'm going with a lot of this is, um, plan ahead. Okay. Um, when you see people get in a rush and especially going back to the scenario where the contractor's starting to call the shots and stuff, um, don't let that happen it, and, and go into this, um, with a good idea of exactly what you want, you know, exactly what you want. And if you don't know exactly what you want, don't build the house yet, you know, spend the time beforehand, um, to really look at it because nothing sucks like, you know, building a new house and then coming in later and going, you know, God, I wish we didn't put that wall there, you know? Right. You, you know, it, I can't help but kind of compare this to doctor visits. Whereas <laughs> you, you, you go into the doc and, um, you're like, Hey, this is what's hurting and this is what's happening. Right. And the doctor goes, well, this is exactly what you need. In in the back of your head, you you kind of go, well, I don't. Is that exactly what I mean? I, I don't know. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've tried that before. You know what I mean? And I'm doing the stretching, and this is kind. Of, and that's not really where the pain is. But what do you say on the out? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, doc. Because yeah. you, especially, and again, I can speak from experience of this, not knowing everything. You know what I mean? Or even, and we'll talk about this in the remodel, but getting into the, the remodel was so daunting because I just was such in a deficit of knowledge that you just, I, I, I can see what I mean is I can sympathize with those people that just nod their head and just say, you know, the, the contractor, you know, he, they, they know what they're doing and, and they're, they're, they're making the right calls here. Yeah. Um, and you know what I mean? And, and, and say, and and they allow them to go with it. It's 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 hard to feel empowered in those positions or to right. look at a doctor or a contractor and go, no, that's not what I want. This is what. Well, I you're you're right, and and that's a good analogy with the doctors because a lot of people are not comfortable in that realm of construction, and so exactly. they kind of ask a question of the contractor, like, okay, is this a stupid question? But yep, exactly. Um, yep. And, and, and the, it really isn't a stupid question, regardless of what it is, because if you don't know, you don't know. And, and I feel like that's, that's a big attribute of a good contractor is they take that time because they really understand, um, this is a huge investment for, for people, you know, and yeah. again, for any contractor that has, has kind of touched upon the importance that it is that the people actually like and love where they live 
it's worth that extra effort to to try to give them that product, you know. And that's the difference between people that are just slapping up houses and and to move along, and the ones that I would kind of consider craftsmen, because um, I, I I feel like there's a, an abundance of people out there that can definitely build a house, but they're not going to sit down and they're not going to listen to what you really want, and they're not going to really put the effort forth to try to get you that you know that kind of quote unquote dream home, right? They're just going to build what's on the blueprints, and they're and maybe not, maybe not even build what's on the blueprints. In, in your experience, uh, have you uh, dealt with different, because um, of course you've dealt with customers, people that you wish would be more involved, that you're like, hey, this is your house, like make these decisions. Yeah. Or, um, do, do you feel like people, yes. given the opportunity or you, you have, and well, they're just I've been reluctant? Yeah, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't built that many custom homes for people, so I'm lucky where the the people I've actually built for, most of them, I kind of get a hand pick and, you know, I, I I won't take a job for somebody that I don't think I can work with. Um, gotcha. And there, like I said before, there is a lot of responsibilities for a potential homeowner um, to do. I can't pick out paint. I can't pick out, you know, your lighting and your faucet fixtures and stuff. I mean, I, I guess I could, but then you're going to have my dream house, not yours, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, are there so, people out there that are just like, yeah, build, <laughs> build your dream house. Yeah. Go ahead. That's, yeah. I, I, well, want what I, you want. I think, There's, I think actually Cardin, it, that may surprise you. I think if you're a seasoned builder and you have, you know, a hundred or 200 houses under your belt and people look at your houses and go, I love what you do. Okay. Because I think in most cases with a custom builder, they're going to add their own flair to it. They're going to have kind of something unique about it that makes it their home, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's definitely uh, builders that people go, I don't care what he builds because everything he builds is awesome. I right. just, you know, so you whatever, just do it. as long as yep. he does it, just do it. And exactly. I, and I, I love yeah. what he does and he's got That's, great that, taste. That makes total sense. That makes yeah. total sense. To me. and, and you know, something funny about people is, um, you know, uh, you hear all the time with people. Um, and when I did illustrations and we'd do logos for people and stuff and somebody would come in, they say, well, I'm not artistic. I, I, I don't know what I want. Um, and I would always say, well, you may not know what you want, but you definitely will know what you don't want. I was going to say that'll last the first draft, right? That always <laughs> yeah. lasts the first draft. Oh, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know. Oh, that I don't like that. No. Yeah, you know, for sure. Yes. Yeah. My uncle was an architect for geez, 40 some years. And he said, uh, he told me one time it takes three to get one. And he said that from what he'd seen, it, it took three houses to finally get the one house that is everything you want a house, you know? And that was just his opinion, you know? He, he felt like, you know, the first one, you think you want this and you get it and it's not what you really want and then you make changes. Right. And anyway, so his observation was, you know, the third time's the charm, right? Well, it takes and, and, and of course, think about how hard that is to transfer something that's on paper paper and and spatially live in it you know what i mean right. even things that you think that the first month of moving somewhere like oh this is awesome this is going to be incredible we're going to do this and that ends up maybe being a space you guys are never in you never touch or right. is a, a space that's so non-functional that you end up not spending any of your time there at all so until you get into a space and live you, re you really yeah. don't know well, the the one that gets me is the too much space. Um, so I, I get it. I mean, I, you know, it, it's funny because when you when you kind of take a position on something, 
in our society, people assume you you really don't know what you're talking about. The other side, like if you say, well, I don't really like big houses, people would say, well, you've never had a big you've house. You've never had there, a right? big house, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I've, I've had houses big enough to know that I don't use a lot of the square footage, right? right. And, and, and just the person I am, right? Um, I, I, I am like most people where you, you frequent a particular place in your house more, you know, disproportionately your, your bedroom, obviously right. your kitchen. Right. And yeah. then there's that other space. And with me, um, if it, not my office, but, uh, it's our living room. That's where I read. That's where I relax. I'll take my iPad in there and I just plop down on the couch and it's where I have my coffee. Um, If I had a whole nother wing in my house, what would I need there? You know, I don't need a gymnasium. I don't, you know, I have a little weight room in my shop and stuff. I, you know, but what I'm saying is that if you look at how most people use their homes, we're pretty repetitive, right? And that goes back into what I was saying earlier is be very cognizant of overbuilding if you don't have to, you know, I mean, the idea of, man, if I had this den and I had this craft room and I had all this stuff, yeah, you know, I mean, build, build what you're going to use. If you're a, a, a crafter, a quilter, you know, and you spend, you know, 30 hours a week quilting, then right. build a nice quilt room. I, I don't, I don't disagree. I don't think that's a waste of money, but building space, anticipating that you might use it, I don't think is good. You you probably you know? won't. You're not going to change that much. Yeah, and and, and, I, and I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm very much like we have a great basement, you know, I, and we have a little gym down there. So we, we do go down there and work out, but mm-hmm. in all reality, I'm the same way. I'm sitting in the same spot usually. And I'm where, you know, we're in the dining room, we're in the kitchen. And I don't think I'll ever, and maybe this is from because I've never had a big um, bedroom, but I don't think I'll ever be a person that wants a big bedroom because I just, yeah. that's just not where I, I like to, to spend my time. So it'll be, you know, uh, and my parents have a, a bigger master and, you know, my, my dad reads up there and stuff like that. So maybe it would be different if I had that, but I, I just don't think it will be, you know, yeah, I, but I like think about it. Carden, how much room does it take to read a book? Yeah, you could do it in a telephone booth. booth. If we had telephone (laughs) booths anymore, you could do it in a telephone booth. Right, right, right. That's precisely my point. So, so there, there was this argument of function, and I can't remember if this was an architectural thing or not. But they talked about you. People confuse function with um, just what is it? Uh, I, I think it's desire over function. Anyway, you don't like a bedroom does not have to be big to fit a bed. And what is the purpose of a bed? It's to sleep. So you don't need 600 feet in a bedroom to sleep no, and fit a Especially, bed. and you guess what else you don't need? Tons of windows, because guess what you're probably going to be doing? Closing <laughs> the blinds and put, making sure it's as dark as it could possibly be. Well, I, actually, yeah. I like a big. I like light in my bedroom personally, because when we when we wake up, we have a big picture window that looks out into what we call the park, and there's um, trees and stuff. So I, I personally with that, but that's I don't live in town either. You know, we live on right, ranch, right, right, so right. we've got some scenery. So that's how it, Jenna. It, Jenna would prefer zero windows and zero. Zero noise and just yeah. like this isolation chamber, yeah. I would uh, I, I would lose my mind. That's not, that sounds claustrophobic and terrible to me. I've got to have open windows and hearing. Well, things that that brings sure us to the whole thing about you know uh, trying to do a large building project you know with a spouse. And I, I I'm not gonna. That's what we need Jenna on board for that one. But yeah, th- that is the source of a lot of. I mean, obviously we know 
that people have divorced over, you know, the stress that comes from of course, building yeah. houses and stuff. Well, there's but, a lot to it. There's so much to it and the difference in opinions in small places. Um, that, that gosh, how interesting would that be? That, that now that's a, a marital experiment. You design a house, spouse design a house, compare notes. Yeah. I think oh, that absolutely that would speak absolutely. volumes to your personality as well. You know, it, you know, just to use my own house as an example, my wife has never been happy with the size of the kitchen. Um, but I will say the size of the kitchen was greatly determined. We, we remodeled an older home and we we added a lot to it, but you have to deal with the existing truss structure and the roof line and things like that in order for us to really enlarge our kitchen. And it's not small right? It's just not a large gourmet kitchen type. Right. But in order to, to give the square footage there, we would, have, we would have literally had to rip off the entire section of the home, uh, you know, trusses everything. Oh yeah, and, everything. And Dude, redone it, which would have caused issues of, of retying into the, the old roof, you know, because you, you don't want to rip off the entire house's roof just to remodel, you yeah, know, add, yeah, you know, twenty yeah. percent of it. And, and I tried to get her to understand from the cost benefit ratio perspective. For me, it wasn't worth it. it. It was not worth all that work, especially since I was doing the work, right? But, <laughs> right, right, but, right. But truly, I, I never would have advised that with somebody because there, it was a tremendous amount of cost. And here's the other factor: she is not a huge cook. Right. So it's not like I understand for some people, the kitchen is like, that's where they spend their time. Yep. That's not her case. She, I mean, she cooks, I'm not, <laughs> not going to, she cooks, but I'm not going to say she's like a gourmet cook and loves to stay in the kitchen and cook. Right, we are right. probably very typical kitchen people. Right. Yep. Yep. I yep. just couldn't justify the time, the work, the energy to, to do what it would have taken. Right. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just our situation. But so, so going back to, cause I want to make sure we kind of close this up a little bit when, when people are looking at this and they're, they're, they're wanting to do a new home. Um, and, and the design thing is huge budget. I've always talked, I've talked about budget, but so huge, so huge. Be, even if you're not a numbers person, become a numbers person for this. Yeah. Keep an eye on everything. Okay. Um, it's worth the time. It's worth the effort to really establish a, an active working budget. And then you got to work with the builder to make sure, Hey, are we on, are we on budget? Okay. If your builder doesn't have a budget or doesn't have updated budgets throughout the project, that to me is a giant red flag. Okay. Yes. Um, you need to know, are we on budget, you know, especially if you're in a tight situation, you know? Um, so, so that's a big thing is, is, is when you have a budget, you know, stick to it as much as you can and update it very often, you know, regularly. Yeah, all the time. yeah. So, um, then there's a, there's a few other things that, that I want to touch on with new construction, um, places never to skimp on. Okay. Number one is insulation. Okay. Don't ever skimp on insulation, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a a product out. Um, I don't get any reimbursement, but it's a it's a product that I've used, and it is it is a very superior product. It's called Roxul R O X U L. It's it's a mineral wool or rock wool. Um, it's made in Canada. They use it a lot in Europe and Scandinavia. It's it is a far superior insulation type than uh, fiberglass. 
Okay. Um, th this is a wall insulation. You can put it in attics, but you cannot blow it in. It is a, is a bat. Um, do research on it. Uh, you'll thank me later. Uh, from an installation standpoint, it's much easier and safer. From a functional standpoint, it's warmer, um, more efficient. It's 100% fireproof, right? They, they use this stuff to put in gun safes. Interesting. Um, mm. it just, yeah, just do the research. Roxel, R-O-X-U-L. Another well, it pays dividends, a, right? I mean, oh, over the it, life yes. of a home. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the other places, windows. Don't skimp on windows. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you 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 want to make sure that you you button up your house as much as possible. Okay. Um, and things things that you can have some freedom on, like cabinets. And people go, Oh no, no, that's terrible advice. Yeah, you want to get good cabinets, but a lot of the cabinets isn't the cabinet itself, it's how they're installed, right? In other okay. words, yep. and this is true, and I know people are going to say this is BS, but it's not. You can get cheap cabinets, and if you install them well, and if you reinforce them, they're going to be fine for 99% of the people, right? You can put right. really nice countertops on them. If they're installed properly, and when I say cheaper cabinets, I'm not talking like, you know, terrible hardware you know get some decent hardware and stuff but you don't need three quarter inch plywood side cabinets and all that i mean there, there's definitely different grades of cabinets um i think cabinets is a place that it's easy to way overspend way overspend for what you get on the back for, end yes and the quality of installation to me is a huge part of of the whole cabinet deal so in in my opinion cabinets are a great place to save money mm, okay. okay because it's one of those typical uh you know just money pits where Big money dumps. yep yes terrifically expensive a lot of money on cabinets oh my gosh yeah that's why kitchens are are so expensive to remodel yes. it all starts with the kitchen um and flooring is another thing you know there's there's lots of options on flooring for people to look at um uh you know just you know, don't, don't feel like you have to spend, you know, 10, 15, $20 a square foot on flooring. That's extremely expensive, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, you know, again, we, we just kind of wanted to touch on this, a lot of this stuff. And, and I, I feel like we could easily tie multiple hours of, of podcasting, oh, sure. in it. but, but, um, and we're going to talk about some more next week. We're going to have a guest that went through the, the home buying scenario. They just bought a home and it, it's, it's, it's actually a crazy story. So we're going to have him on, but before we finish, let's talk about, so you and Jenna now, well, let's talk about your project. Yeah. Cause so you guys kind of re represent that other end where you're not building a new home. You, you bought an existing home and, and like you said, you, you weren't, feeling it and you decided right. okay we're, we're at the point now we want to start investing money into our own home well right? i gotta be honest with you blair i think that that's a, a good primer for a three-parter mm. i i think i think that there's there's Absolutely. enough that we're, we can talk about for romano because i got a ton from just my experience because not only sure. did we do it um but then i i tried to do a room on my own and we'll now be venturing into other projects but I think there's a lot. I don't think we want to try to pack it in. Let's do. Let's right. make it a three parter. I'm 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 definitely down with that. Well, there's just a lot to talk about, and I a lot. Yeah. And and if you're not looking at building a new house, a lot of this you might feel like a lot of this information is irrelevant. But it's it's to me it's not. Um, 
it, it is it, it's stuff to be aware of. And and when you when when the discussion about housing comes up and construction costs and things like that, hopefully you know I'm at least enlightening people a little bit on the what's and the whys. You know, um, you know you know one thing that's that's crazy right now is the cost of construction um, in some areas has gone up so much that there's actually a chance that you, you know, you run a, 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 you know, a higher than average risk of kind of being upside down in a newer home. If the market corrects, you know, these new homes are very expensive and they're expensive to have built. You know, if the market corrects, you could be actually upside down in a brand new house, which should never happen. Yeah. That, you know? Could you imagine that? Terrible. Well, yeah, I just, I, I, I just look at, um, you know, what, what it takes to, to do this, to build a house and the stress and everything. And then you invest this money in there. Um, and you know, things change, jobs change, marriages change, people divorce. Um, there's a, there's a lot of extrinsic factors that can, that can change. And, and, you know, all of a sudden now, you're looking at a whole new situation, you know? And yeah. and again, all the more reason, I think, to be a little bit more conservative. There, there was a great article I read one time, and I, I know I've told you about it, and I wish I would have kept it because I can't even cite um, who wrote it. But the article was essentially about the difference between being able to pay for something and being able to afford something. Okay. Yeah. And they're not the same. The the ability to pay for something insinuates that you have cash on hand at the moment to pay for that. Okay. But the concept of, of affordability means the money you're taking is doesn't need to be someplace else, right? So for right. example, I bought a car and uh, my car's payments can be 800 a month and I can pay for that. But if t- making that $800 a month payment is taking money away from my savings, my retirement for, you know, right. just just money that could go to paying off credit cards, yeah. to paying and off affordable. bills. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I might be yeah. able to to you know, find the money to make the payment, but in the long run, I can't really afford that car, you know, because it's, it's hurting me in other places. And, and I, I think no, no situation is more true to that than the housing situation right now. And, and I feel like people are running their calculators and they're, they're getting on Google and they're doing the mortgage and they're saying, yeah, we can swing this, you know, we'll have X amount. And I, I, I just caution people that they, they are not getting in that situation where they can maybe pay for it, but they, in the long run, they really can't afford it. Can't afford it. Yeah. Cause what are you losing? Yeah. What are you losing? What's the, what's the, the cost, the real cost? Yeah. And, well, for, and, and exactly. for getting into more than you need, like you discussed for sure. Well, I mean, that's, that's my thing is, like I said, when I, when I sit down with people and we talk, uh, new houses or, or even remodels, uh, you know, I'm just a, a big believer in, um, you know, be realistic about what your needs are. Um, yeah. and, and again, the focus for me is more quality versus quantity and, and really try to create a space that, um, really, you know, resonates with you and your spouse and family or whatever, you know, whatever your situation is. But I, I think that's more important than just gross space. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect segue for monkey moment. What I was okay. thinking, oh, we're not boy. doing aliens. I know it'll be the first <laughs> time, right? Um, but what I wanted to ask you is, is there something about your house now that you would change given the opportunity? Oh, well, you know, um, let's see. Okay. 
let me answer this from my wife's perspective, okay? Okay. Because overall, I'm pretty happy with the house. I, I'm actually really happy with it. Is there a few things? Yeah, but I'm lucky because I have a. I built a shop, and along my shop, as you've been in, I have an office, and it's kind of a. Well, it's, I call it an office, but I, I don't know what would you call it, Carden. It's kind of a, like a, a man cave. Yeah, play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so I I have the space that that I wanted outside of the home. Um, my here's my wife's concerns with our room, uh, our house. We put the television room right outside um, our bedroom door. Oh yeah, okay? yeah. Mm-hmm. She hates that. Yeah, she hates it. So she has to use a white noise machine because if the kids are watching TV or playing Xbox or whatever. Yep, I um, understand that. I so that. the importance of of you know um, family space being kind of away from bedroom space, I think, is very important. Right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Originally, when we designed the house and the remodel, there above the garage is a finished space, and we were going to put the TV up there, and the kids just wouldn't go for it. They didn't like. You had to go, you know, downstairs. It was uh, too far away. They through the mudroom, right up the mother yeah. stairs. Yep. Yeah, they wanted yep. to be right next to you all the time. Yep. Yep. So our, our TV room that we use now is just it's you know we have a kind of an open floor pan from the kitchen through the the dining room and into the TV room. So they they like that. So. I know she would say right away, separate, you know, don't don't put, you know, recreation space next to uh, sleeping space. I can space. understand that. Yeah. I can understand that. I buy that. Yeah. yeah. And um, other than that, I, I think I think she's oh, the kitchen. She, <laughs> she wanted a bigger kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> right. 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 But 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 you know you know how it is. Just like with your house, when you're starting with a finished house, and if you're not just knocking out walls right. and mm-hmm. adding on, you, is there's only so much you can do. Right. Yeah. If you're going to keep the same footprint as when you had, then there really is only so much you can do. So, yeah. um, okay, well, what about you? I mean, we we did a major remodel on your house. Uh, yeah. Any other changes you'd like to make? I've got a ton, but it's all aesthetic. I think something structurally that I wish was different is southern facing windows. We have, oh, yeah. Yeah. We have one in the house and it's um, and it's upstairs. And in the wintertime, there is just a detriment of any natural light coming into the house. Um, we don't get any um, the heat either, uh, you know, uh, and so it just stays yep. kind of cold. It stays kind of dark. Um, and that's one thing that if I could if it change, um, I would definitely do that. More southern facing windows. Uh, it would just be it would just open everything sure. brighten everything up and make it much more of a li- livable space in the winter because you know how winters can be here you know sun's yes. up late it's it's down yep. early so as much sun as you can get it's just it's good to to have that i would i would definitely change that that's a great yeah actually that's a great observation and and to 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 that point carden um i believe statistically they say that southern exposure can improve home efficiency 25 to 30 percent yeah, and we need it in the winter because our 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 house stays cold, and I think a lot yeah. of that is because of that. We just don't get any sunshine coming in. Yeah, well, in 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 the you know in cold weather climates like where we live, um, that solar gain in the winter it can be thirty blowout, but if the sun is there, your windows warm up and you get yep. that solar yep. gain. Yep. In the and summer, and, yep. get some good shades and block those windows, and then you're not absorbing all that heat. But then that goes back to the the my advice about insulation. If your home is very well insulated, if you have you know cool air, it will stay there longer. 
you know, I yeah. mean, that's the whole point. Warm air stays warmer longer and cool air stays cooler longer. So, um, again, you know, and with the global warming, I mean, not to be that guy, but if, if this is a trend that keeps going and going and going, insulation is even more Important. Even more important, yeah, because we'll have colder yeah. winters and hotter, hotter summers. And yeah, we're already kind of seeing the summers for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, um, well, that's it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I like your idea. We'll expand this out a little bit because I, you know, that's one of the things you get into these subjects. You, you feel like you have to just rush through it and and skip over some stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be a good idea to maybe and and we'll have Drew on next week and talk about his home buying experience. Which yeah, is, that'd be great. I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah I'm so glad to hear it. Well, good stuff. And, and, you know, in the interim, too, if, uh, you know, you think of some other stuff to talk about with the construction, because, you know, like I said, there there's a lot there. And, and, you know, when you sit down with people, there's there's hundreds of questions, you know, and they're nervous. Oh, people yeah. are nervous about it because, like I said, it's a huge, huge investment. Huge investment. Yeah. And it does. It's, it makes you nervous. All right, man. Well, listen, uh, great episode. Good talking with you, Carden. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again next week. All right. It sounds good. Talk to you next week. (laughs) All right. Until next time, Carden. Good night. Good night.